arrived at the abandoned soccer stadium in the state of Mato Grosso do Sul, I didn't know what to expect, but what I did know is that I was completely unprepared for whatever it was. <laughs> I had been traveling for three days in through the central west of Brazil. I had taken the 22-hour bus ride from Porto Alegre, where I had been trying to learn enough Portuguese for the previous two months to be able to pick up the phone and make myself understood. And the reason I was there was that the summer before, at an activist conference at Reed College, I'd had the chance to hear a speaker from the landless movement. And he talked about participatory democracy and making decisions with two million families across 23 states of Brazil. And I thought, you know, in my activist experience, getting five people to decide on where to have dinner was a hard enough. So I was like, I really want to go. I really want to go see how they do this. And he gave me his card. So that's, that's why I was there. So there I was at the soccer stadium uh, with my big backpack full of shit. And um, I was met by Aldo, who was the speaker who met me um, in, in, at Reed College. And he was happy to see me, and he quickly introduced me to about a dozen other people whose names um, I couldn't remember and couldn't really pronounce. Um, and there was a flurry of Portuguese, and then they said, well, we're going to have you meet everybody else. So they um, took me to where the rest of the group was. So there was about a group of about 100 people getting ready for the state meeting, where people, activists from all over the state, were going to be gathering to be making some decisions. And so I got there, and I was immediately put into this brigade of people um, to clean out the section of the soccer stadium where we were going to sleep. So there were brushes, and there were brooms, and there were mops, and the water was about up to my ankles, and there were kids, and there were old people, and everyone was just doing everything they could to get the water and get the grime and to get uh, all the litter out so that we would have a place to sleep. And as I was doing this, I thought... You know, I didn't understand what anyone was telling me, but I realized it didn't really matter. I just felt like I was really part of something, and I was doing something concrete, and I was super excited to be there. Uh, I had never had quite that experience of immediately being pulled, pulled into something. So after we cleaned out the section of the soccer stadium, it was time to set up our camp. So everyone had these little mattresses that they put about a foot away from each other, and they were like, well, where's your cushion? And despite all the stuff that I brought, I did not know that I needed a cushion. So I was kind of embarrassed. And someone managed to find a cushion for me and a sheet. And so I had my space next to everybody else's. And then it was time for dinner. So uh, they had this wonderful meal of rice, this sort of rice and garlicky black beans. And they're like, well, where's your cup? Where's your plate? Where's your fork? You know? <laughs> I, was like, I didn't know I was supposed to bring a cup and a fork. And so someone found all these things and I was able, able to have dinner. I still thought this was amazing. And the next day when I woke up, we had this hot coffee and they took roll and they called out everybody's names, you know, from Bonito and other, other cities and other settlements. Um, and then after a minute, they realized they forgot something, and they said, oh, Status Unidos, Tamara. So they assigned me a task um, as well. Um, we were getting ready for the larger community to come. There were going to be 2,000 people showing up in about two days. So I was assigned part of the task of creating the theater. So 
Every day of this four-day meeting, they would tell the story through theater of the movement, its beginning, its history, its present moment, and the hopes for the future. So it was really an honor to be part of it. And again, I just felt, you know, I thought maybe that I would go and I would take pictures and I would write a bunch of notes. It didn't really occur to me that I would be really engaged in the process that they had. So I was feeling really great. And the next day, the community started coming. So people were coming from all over the states, families, the grassroots base, um, getting themselves ready. And my friends were very, very busy because they had a lot of people to be taken care of. Um, and at that point, I was getting tired. You know, I was not really understanding everything that was going on. And my brain was, was feeling pretty exhausted. Mm -hmm. um, and I hadn't heard any English for a really long time. The only English I was hearing really was um, this guy showed up with a hot dog stand in front of where we were sleeping. And every time we went by, he'd say in this kind of Elvis voice, I love you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> all these weird questions, you know, like, um, good questions, like, tell me about the civil rights movement, tell me about the gay movement, and in my very limited language, I was just like, how can I answer these questions, and it was right after the 2004 election, and they were like, well, why in your country did you elect a president that didn't get the popular vote, and I was like, wow, how do I answer that one? My favorite that I got the most often of everything was, why did it make national news when Britney Spears kissed Madonna? <laughs> Do women not kiss in your country? And I was just like blown away. I had no idea how to explain that, even if I had the language. So my head is spinning. Um, at this point, also, the water was turning off regularly. I think they were conserving water. Um, I'm not totally sure why. They would just say, it's akabo, the water's done. <laughs> so it was always right when I was about to take a shower. So I was getting really stinky uh, because I would always miss that little window of opportunity for a shower. I was about a head taller than everyone else. I was paler than most of the people there. Uh, so I was feeling like I was really standing out. So it was getting close to the end of this meeting. Uh, this four-day meeting, and I decided to, uh, there's a long line waiting for dinner, I decided to go outside where the youth were playing capoeira, the Brazilian martial arts, and they were playing it, and there was music, and I was kind of resting my brain for a few minutes, and all of a sudden my friend Mateo came up to me. I could see him, he was concerned, walking towards me, and he said to me, he took me by the shoulder, and he said, Tamara, okay, contesu, what, what happened? And I looked at him, and I was like, I don't know, no say, que sue, what happened? Um, and we looked at each other a moment, and he was like, well, you can tell me. Like, what is it that happened? Um, and I realized then that something had happened, I didn't know what it was, and I tried to explain that to him, and he just said, I'm really sorry, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. And um, he left, and I was puzzled by that. I kind of went back to the capoeira, thinking that was a really odd thing to have happened. And then a few minutes later, my friend Stephanie was walking towards me. And she came up to me and she said, okay, I sue. what happened? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> we just went through the same thing again. And I was like, I really, 
Not only did I not know what happened, I didn't even know enough to know anything had happened. <laughs> so I had this sinking feeling, uh, kind of in my gut, that I was somehow implicated in something that had been happening or had happened. So I went to wait in line for the rice and beans. And uh, two friends, uh, Alessandra and Zilda, came up and they're like, Tamara, what happened? <laughs> and by now, I was just feeling so frustrated that I could not explain to them that I didn't know what happened, that I, to my deep embarrassment, I began to cry. Um, and I just was crying and trying to explain, I don't, I don't know, tell me, just tell me what happened. And I realized that it wasn't just that I didn't know what happened, I was crying because all of the things that I had not understood since I had been there. I didn't understand the hot dog guy, why he was there, and I didn't understand why why we elected George Bush, and I didn't understand why, why the water was turning off, and there was just hundreds of things that I was just, just did not know, I knew nothing. So, as, as I began to cry, more and more people would come up to me and ask what had happened. So it was a complete meltdown, and I was humiliated I really wanted to have a good impression and not be the American that falls apart and doesn't have the cup and doesn't have the cushion and doesn't know what's going on. And I kind of slunk back to my cushion uh, after dinner and I put the sheet over my head. <laughs> um, and I just thought, you know, one more day. I just got to get through tomorrow. We all go away tomorrow. We all go to the next place. So when I woke up the next day, um, I felt I felt better, but kind of in that emotional hangover way where you're still feeling pretty raw, scratch thin. But like I felt like I could handle things, so I I went out and they after our, our morning coffee they had in this big tent outside. Um, they were doing the closing ceremony of, of this of this meeting, and I waited outside. There were friends there, people coming and going, and um, my friend Fatima came up, and she said, how's it going? And I said, great. Um, and I felt good, because we kind of joked a little bit, and I wasn't crying, and it seemed like I was dealing pretty well. And, and then she said, Tamara, what, what is it that happened? <laughs> and just like, it was so close to the surface that again, I just started to cry right over again. I hadn't showered and I had these tears falling down and this time I was talking to her and just saying like I have no idea not only do I not know what happened I don't know anything like I have no idea what's been happening since I got here I know nothing <laughs> and it's okay <laughs> it's not your fault but I just know nothing I just don't know anything that's going on and uh, she listened really patiently and then she said in a minute um, we're gonna ask you to say a few words to the community. And they're calling your name right now. <laughs> so I was tears and I didn't really even have a handkerchief, but I was pretty grubby. I don't even know how I got to the front of the tent. And someone handed me a microphone. It was Aldo. I don't even know what I said. Um, I just thought, let's just get away from this as quickly as quickly as I can. Um, but he took me by the arm and he took the microphone from me and he said, he said, she has been away from her home for months and months. She doesn't speak the language. She came a long, long way to get here. 
She's been away from her family, and it's really important to us that she's here. She's part of our movement. And I looked up, and I saw all of these really kind faces looking back at me. And there was an, a sense of understanding. And in that moment, I realized that it didn't really matter that I didn't know what happened, and that I didn't know what was going on, and that I wasn't prepared. What mattered was that I was a human being, and that I had taken the time to show up. And just the way they, in their organizing work, they welcome laborers, they welcome people from all walks of life. They also welcomed this American that showed up without a cushion and without a cup, and who didn't know what was going on. I never found out what was going on. <laughs> but I realized in that moment that my worth was that I was human and that I had taken the time to show up. 